Hello, everyone. Welcome to Firmly Grounded, a podcast where young men talk about and pursue a firm foundation in God. In this episode of Firmly Grounded, we will be talking about what a role model is and why it's important to have one, along with some biblical examples of role models. We'll be discussing that and more on this episode of Firmly Grounded. All right, guys, welcome to Friendly Grounded. As Caleb said before, Eli said before. Eli yeah. said before. <laughs> <laughs> today, uh, today we're going to be talking about of... role models. That's that's the topic. And Such a good it, intro. It's something. It's something that I think is very important for mm-hmm. young men, teenagers, and like the college age to have a role model to look to as they're growing into manhood. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start off by simply putting out the question: What is a role model? The definition I had for a role model was a person that is looked to by others as an example to be imitated. There's no like biblical definition for a role model. That's not something that you they don't really talk about. See, role models. They yeah, don't I don't, use think, that it's, I don't think it's ever there's, verbally described, but I think it's obviously there's examples like Paul talks about being an example, being a biblical example to mm-hmm. others of your faith. Yeah. But yeah, I think the main term that we think of when we think of a role model in the Bible is the disciple making deal. I guess. So the way that disciples are brought up, like they're mentors mm-hmm. and mentors isn't a term in the Bible either. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just kind of disciple making and what Jesus did with the 12 and what the 12 did yeah. to everyone else. And that's kind of the thing that we can take away. And we kind of made up the term role model in our current modern day and age. Mm-hmm. It's not really a thing that was, I don't know, prominent back then or even invented. Yeah. So I think, I think there's, multiple different ways that someone could be a role model. Mm -hmm. I think obviously if you're in sports, your coach, I know that was a big thing for me and Mm -hmm. I think for you too as well, that your coach was a big role model and just someone that you could, you kind of took, at least I took a, both examples of how to be a good, how to be be a good player and Mm -hmm. just how to work hard and do those hard things and how to play well, but also as a believing as a person of faith, mm-hmm. how to take that example and how to apply that in everyday life. And it was just really helpful because he could correlate and he could understand what I was going through at that time because he had gone through the same things sure. in high school. And so it was just really good to be able to be around him and mm-hmm. just kind of get that example. For coaches, and I think the same for teachers too, yeah. in any leadership role in like a school or in a ministry or whatever it is, even for maybe some of the, the guys listening they're in leadership positions in their Bible clubs at yeah. school or something. You have an impact, not just in the field that you're teaching, but also in all the other avenues in life. So for mm-hmm. basketball, I played basketball in high school. And so my basketball coach, a lot of the lessons and the things that he was trying to teach us that he applied to the sport. Also you can apply to life in yeah. general. So work ethic, that's something that that carries into what you do after high school, whether mm-hmm. or not you are a carpenter if you go into business, if you go into being a teacher yourself or whatever, yeah. that's something that you can carry into it. And so, yeah, I totally agree with you. Those lessons that I took away from those role models and those people in my life, it's not just something that stayed there. It also carried me kind mm-hmm. of into other things and God used it Yeah, where, I'm, where I am now. So yeah. it's pretty cool. I sort of took the, the literal approach when I looked at, I just looked at the term. I don't look up the definition. I'm not a nerd. But I look, I took at the word, just the words role model, and I thought of what that would mean. And I was thinking it would literally just be somebody who models the role that you would like to play in life. Yeah. And that was what I was thinking of when I was thinking, what is a role model? 
So I was trying to think of people who, who model the role of what I want to do with my life. Sure. And the, the spot that I want to play. Like my dad. My dad was an awesome dad. He provides for the family. He taught us he taught us the Bible. He mm-hmm. taught us discipline. He taught I have eight siblings or a lot of us. And he did a it's great a ba- job. It's a basketball team. And some subs. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. He taught he taught us a lot and that's something that's the role that I want to be as a dad is to do the same thing that my dad did. Yeah. I think also when we look at, well, I can just think of my dad. Cause I, as soon as you said that, I immediately thought like, Oh yeah, that's a number one probably for most, most young guys. And mm-hmm. I understand that some guys maybe weren't, they didn't have that father figure in their, in their life. But I think it's, it's something that the Lord provides for you yeah. as you go on in life. So for some kids, maybe, you know, it's sad, but maybe their dad left it when they were little or, you know, I don't know the different situations, but it's something that God provides for you down the road or, and can either mm-hmm. through a youth pastor or through a teacher, maybe it's a coach. I knew we had a player on the team when I was in high school that he didn't really have a great father figure. He was always traveling and things. And I understand like some people have jobs mm-hmm. that you have yeah. to do that. Take you away. Yeah. You're right. And so it maybe wasn't necessarily that the dad was being a bad father. It was just that his job took him away from his family a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I know that for that young man, it means something when you can see your dad in the stands or see your dad in the crowd when you're a part of the band or whatever it is. Our coach actually at the same time while he was coaching was playing that role for him and was supporting him in his athletics. And you would see him having special conversations with him, taking that approach mm-hmm. and just being a father figure yeah, to him in that, that way role. too. So like if, if you're a young guy out there that doesn't have the best of dads in the world, like God will provide a, a father figure, a physical one that you can see. Ultimately he's, he's the mm-hmm. best role model, right? And yeah. he's the, he's the guy that we look up to and you know, our, our heavenly father, the one that provides for us and cares for us and loves us mm-hmm. unconditionally. But it's nice to also have that, yeah. that person that God brings aside and helps you and disciples you and brings you up and to show you what a godly man is and how to, what godly manhood is. I also think that role models don't necessarily have to be someone who's older than you mm-hmm. or yeah. or who is a father figure in that sense. Like one of my friends, he's a role model to me of how to be a godly young man sure. and how to be hardworking and all these things. And I mean, he's kind of a crazy dude, but it's just, <laughs> yeah. there's there can be younger examples. They don't have to be someone that's older than you necessarily. Mm-hmm. And also I think some people can have, and I know that this, for a little bit in my life was an issue that we can take role models from people that shouldn't be role models that maybe we think that it's cool or it's best to be a certain way. So we find a role model and we kind of idolize someone who is in something that we want to be, but that's not a good crowd to be in. That's not a good place Mm -hmm. to be. And so we take the wrong person and the wrong attributes and we use them as a role model. And then that kind of takes us back in our progression of, like our belief and our faith and mm-hmm. just our characteristics and our growing and growing in our character. I think it sure. can kind of be counterproductive if we don't pick the correct role model or a lot of the times we subconsciously pick someone and then we think you without maybe, even maybe, knowing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, that's easy to do it with media mm-hmm. and for sure. Yeah. Just the different avenues that you have to see other people and how they conduct themselves and famous artists or actors and actresses and mm-hmm. you need characters in shows yeah yeah that's a that's a big one yeah. i remember when i was a kid uh watching spy kids oh dude <laughs> yeah when i watched <laughs> I spy kids too 
I love it. Like I, all I wanted to be was Junie Cortez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was that was my role model as a kid. Yeah, and I sadly he I was, didn't become an international. He was legit. Spy. <laughs> he is legit. He yeah. is legit. He is legit still. But it's a uh, it's the influence. That's yeah. what really makes someone a role model mm-hmm. is wh- whether or not they like to. It's the influence that they have on other people. Yeah, yeah. and that's something that I see reflected in First Timothy four twelve. Mm-hmm. And Paul writes, "Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers." Yeah, he's not saying that you should just because you're young you deserve respect, but he's saying that you need to just hold yourself to that high standard and have good influence on people. Because mm-hmm. so when you have good influence on people, they're going to see that. Uh, younger siblings is a big thing for teenagers. At least it was for me. Yeah, I have a younger brother. I think he just turned twelve. I want to say, don't okay. call me on that. I'm sorry, Isaac. <laughs> the guy's got eight siblings, you said? Siblings, That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. I can barely remember how old my sister is. I take she's... after my dad, and he thought that I turned 18 last year. <laughs> oh, tough. That's rough. He didn't, that actually, tough. he didn't like actually think that, but he just okay. didn't remember that I was 21. My dad, pretty consistently, each year, goes a year back from what I am. So I'm mm. 21 now, so this 20, the 21st birthday, thought I was 20, and so that kind yeah. of same progression. When I was 20, he thought I was 19, and... Yeah, I don't really know what. How, I guess he forgot when I was born. Like maybe my birth year was just like totally non-existent, or he, maybe he lived it twice. I don't know. Yeah, he just constantly forgets. But my little brother, my little brother Isaac, from a very young age, he just he completely idolized me. Okay. I don't know why, but every time I would go and do something, he'd be super excited when I got back. When I came here to Florida, my family lives in Washington. Every time I came back, he would be super excited to see me, and he'd save up, and he'd buy me a gift every time I came home. What did he get you? You showed the gift that he grabbed you. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. This last year for Christmas, he grabbed some wire and just a piece of natural quartz, and he made a ring. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he gave me that ring and said that I needed to propose to my to girlfriend. Carly. Yeah. I did propose, not with that ring. <laughs> at the, yeah, at the yeah. time was your girlfriend, but now fiance. Now fiance. Right. Yeah. Love you, Carly. What a what but, a great brother. That's crazy. What a man. Good for him. But that's something that I've started to take seriously as I've grown up and matured to realize that I am a role model in this life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he looks at everything that I do. And if I get really mad at something, he's going to look at that and he's going to remember that. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has, it's affected the way that I lived my life to know that I have that influence. People, people look at me. Sure. I find, I find it a lot when I'm in, when I'm in public and I'm wearing teen missions gear like a shirt with teen missions i'm wearing a shirt with teen missions right now and i found that when i'm in public i'll i don't consciously do it but i behave differently because i'm wearing that brand and i'm representing my organization yeah and i feel kind of guilty because i should i should just act better anyway Mm -hmm. but like i i don't know there's those moments where you're driving and someone cuts you off and you want to honk but you're in a teen missions vehicle and so you're (laughs) like I don't think I should probably be go crazy on the horn right now as I'm driving on 520 with, you know, yeah, a million cars around me. Yeah. I give thumbs down when I drive. Do you really? If somebody if somebody cuts me off or somebody passes me, I just do a thumbs down. Just There's, out the window? No, just like in in my car. Oh, just to <laughs> yourself. Okay. <laughs> I thought like, you like I looked at it, them as you're driving past them and you just go I do it I do it at them. Okay. But if they happen to be looking through my window, they see the thumbs down. And I find that that, that is, so, is so much more passively, aggressively effective. Sure. Than like, yeah. Let you burn. get it off your chest. And and it's just, it's a thumbs down. It's not as, I didn't agree with Not that. as ungodly. <laughs> you mentioned, um, first of all, it's probably not a good role model thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't take that. Don't take that away from this episode. Don't road yeah. rage. First Timothy four you mentioned. Yeah. Paul and Timothy is a relationship that is a very good example on mm-hmm. someone that is being discipled and yeah. you know has a godly mentor. Paul was in both letters, first and second Timothy, which is what we're going through in chapel still. He was writing to Timothy because Paul was in prison and was needing to get letters to him or get a message to him because Timothy was about to oversee a church in Ephesus. And so as Timothy's doing that, Paul's in prison. And so he has no way of getting any directions or instructions to Timothy. And so he writes to him in prison and sends it to him. And Timothy is young and just kind of what our what our demographic is or what our our goal audience is as teenagers, you're perceived as young in this world. Yeah, exactly. You're still in development. You're still going through, you know, middle school, high school or middle school. Middle schools are teenagers, right? Yeah. Uh, 12. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been like 10 years. (laughs) Regardless, you're as a, as a youth, as a teenager, you're still developing and there's so many different voices out there that are telling you different things. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it in the, in the discerning between God's calling and your own desires. The discipling relationship between that is something that we can take and try to apply to our lives as an example. And there's the Moses, I think it's Moses and um, Joshua. Joshua. Thank you. Yeah. It was an Isaac. No, no, no. I was like, why is Isaac coming to my head? And then Elijah, it's Elijah and Elijah, right? In that yes. order? Yes. yes. Elijah was the mentor in that situation. And then Same Elisha was Eli. the... Yeah, there's a ton mm-hmm. of biblical examples, but one thing that I wanted to take away from the specifically from the Paul and Timothy one, and you guys can chime in if you have anything else. But there's I've, I've counted at least four or five things that are impactful about that relationship and something that we can you know gain from it. God can use mentors and disciple making men in our life to give us direction in yeah. different things. And sometimes as youth, that's something that we struggle with: is where do we go from here? What angle or avenue do I take to to get to the place where you want me, Lord? And so God can use those men that have experience and that have been through those same types of things to help get you where you need to go, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then accountability. There was a lot of accountability in that in those epistles and that Paul was trying to make sure that Timothy was on the right track because there were a lot of different voices that were coming at him. People were critiquing him and it wasn't very godly edifying critiquing or godly edification so whenever i think of that i think well in our world we have that everywhere social media yeah uh, television when you go to school people are very open now we just we're unfiltered we say what's ever on our mind yeah and so that's something where i was like oh yeah we can relate to that and teen boys can relate to that entirely because sometimes we need that accountability Yeah. yeah and then also i think the last one was i already said gain knowledge from their experience something that is impactful too because they've been through it. So why not learn from them and learn the lessons that someone's already been through so you don't have to go through it yourself. And then also a shoulder to lean on a mentor or a role model could be somewhere that you can just rest your head and just say, Hey, I need a break and I just need a vent or need to share, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on in my life. And so that was a relationship where I saw in the Bible that was very profound and contagious. And yeah. definitely that relationship led to many other disciple making opportunities with Timothy speaking to so many others, even after Paul's passing or, you know, and we talked about the mantle in one of the last episodes that we did about the next generation stepping up the mission minded generation, Gen Z Mm -hmm. coming in and taking the reins from whoever else is, whoever else is here. Yeah. I think that kind of draws us into our second question, 
which is why do I need a mentor? Why do mm-hmm. I need a role model? And I think that that's one big thing that as the next generation, as this next generation of young men, mm-hmm. I think we are going to be stepping into the place of our fathers and into the place of maybe pastoral roles or places in ministry mm-hmm. or just whatever whatever work that looks like. We're the, the next we're coaches, the next, the yeah, next coaches exactly. for a kid that didn't have yeah, maybe exactly. a, a father figure. Or yeah, you're going to be the next coaches, the next professional players. You're gonna you're that generation. So sure. I think having a role model now that we can learn from someone in the field that we're interested in is really important to help us in our growth Mm -hmm. and to get us where we are. I think if you look at most of the, or almost all of the big time, either players, maybe football players or coaches or someone, they Mm -hmm. all have an example of someone who pushed them, someone who encouraged them, who had gone through the experience and helped them through that. And that, they always say that was a big influence on their life and that was life changing and helped them be the person that they are. Sure. We need to remember that as Christians, there is, it's definitely your physical well being is incredibly important. Find somebody who can guide you to practical skills like work ethic, like Tim was talking about with coaches. But also, you need to find somebody who can mentor you spiritually as well mm-hmm. because your spiritual health is arguably more important than your physical health it's most yeah. i think it's most important i think it's yeah, easy to exactly. say that mm-hmm. and you need to so you need to find somebody who is strong spiritually who can help guide you spiritually because it's very easy to neglect the things of god for the things of the world i think we can talk about i want to talk about like specific examples in your life if you guys have them because i see yeah. he has them on right there so i can ask caleb first and then while he's going you can maybe think eli i just wanted to ask you guys what examples or what are the people in your life that have kind of filled that role of a godly role model? Because Mm -hmm. I don't know in seasons. And I think I, when Eli was talking about maybe we don't even know that we have made someone a role model in our life Mm -hmm. and they have a negative influence on it. I think I, on us, I think I had that happen to me when I was, you know, a teenager where I looked at someone and I didn't even really think about it, but I, in my head and in my heart designated them as someone I wanted to imitate. Yeah. And so now as young adults and looking back, who are people in your life that helped you in your growing up staging and your development? And was that godly role model for you, that godly, that godly man that showed you how to conduct yourself in your day to day life? I think for me, I've touched on it before was my dad Mm -hmm. was a big part of that. He was very big on memorizing scripture. We would go to church every week. I did junior Bible quizzing, so I'd be at church twice a week. Okay. And something very big that he taught me very early on was tithing. Mm. We always got an allowance every month as kids. Every month you would get your age in allowance. Ah. Oh, cool. So like when I was eight, every month I would get $8. Should have stayed living at home a little longer just to, <laughs> just to see if the 21 would come in. Now, once we turned 15, our allowance pays for the phone bill. Oh, yeah. Oh, different. Okay, cool. But we would get allowance every month. And then my dad would bring out all the, he would go to the bank, get all the allowance money, then he'd crack out his big jar of change or whatever. And then he'd sit with us and help us do the math. Okay. I'm 10 years old. I get $10 allowance. I'm super excited. He's like, all right, how much do you give tithe? And then he would sit down with all of us, whatever age we were, and help us calculate the 10%, $10, that's $1, and we'd put it in the little Jesus box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a cool. little Jesus box on the counter that we'd fill with all of our tithe throughout the year. Yeah. And then it amounts to like maybe, maybe $50 between okay. the eight of us. Yeah. 
for a year's worth of allowance tithe. But that was just that was something that he taught me and something that I stuck stuck with me into my young adult years, and that's something I still do today, rather religiously, yeah. because my dad taught it to me at such a young age. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a little thing that something that, well, I should say it may seem little, but it's something that you're gonna probably carry into your family or something that you'll oh absolutely help lead your family in and educate them and why that's important and that's a a really cool concept. Yeah, Eli, what about you? Is, is yeah, I mean, obviously I think, your dad. Yeah, yeah. I think there's obvious role models. I mean, for most people, I feel like my my dad was a really good one. My grandpa, mm-hmm. but I think I want to touch on a little more of the negative side of the role okay, model. Sure. When so I in high school I played football and I wrestled. Okay. And when while I was playing those, there was always I was good, but I wasn't that good. Okay. I played. I only played football my freshman year. Okay. And then I wrestled. Too many big people, or well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there was always in wrestling specifically there was always those guys that were really good and that I would practice with, and that they be on, they were on my team and like the captains of the team, mm-hmm. and they would always be they were really good wrestlers, really talented, but in their personal lives they wouldn't be. Like they, some, a lot of them would be drinking, they'd be mm. uh, chewing, they'd be doing drugs and a lot, they just had like foul language. A lot of the, the environment time. just yeah, wasn't, the environment wasn't good. They just weren't, they were like idolizing women, etc. Yeah. which, so there was a lot of bad stuff that was going on, Yeah. which I'm thankful to my parents because I was taught not to do those things. Yeah. So I kind of had a grounding in that and I could talk to my parents about that and everything. But it it was hard to look up to them and respect them as a as a wrestler and as a teammate when and to keep that separate from the things that they did in their personal lives. I think that that's one big separation that even when I'm looking for a role model, I may find someone who is the thing I want to be, like a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. I wanted to improve. So I'd be looking to them. I'd be asking them for pointers. They'd be helping me through sure. stuff. So I was looking to them in that se- like semi-professional type of environment yeah but it was hard to separate that from them and how they were acting how they were living in everyday life and i think that that's something that can be it's really important it can be hard to do but i think that there might be some steps that we can take to do that tim do you do you have any thoughts i know you did sports a lot and i think i don't know when going going up against the and we're talking about like the worldly yeah colliding your christian beliefs and what you were grounded in your house and the way that you were trained or brought up against what the world is or what they bring to the table, I guess it's, it's difficult. I was, I didn't think I was isolated as much as I was until I got into Mm -hmm. that environment. And then I was shocked. Like, I don't know as much as I thought, at least in the world I was Mm -hmm. in the, I was in the word and I was, you know, praying and, you know, my dad was bringing, bringing us up in, in the biblical standards. But once I got into the world in that school and in that that sport environment, I found out very quickly that I was not cultured as well as much as I thought of it, at least with America. Yeah, because America, I mean, it's vulgar, it's yep. it's vile, and yep. it's something that you don't really. It's not portrayed to you when a principal or a teacher mm-hmm. talks about, "Hey, you should come play for our school," or a coach says, "Hey, you know, come join this team," because they're thinking about all the positive things and they're thinking about all of the amazing moments that you could have with them. Yeah. And so the way that it was introduced to me was, Hey, come play for this Christian school, Christian coach, all of that. It's going to be butterflies and it's going to be so heavenly and it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And then I got there and it was like, yeah, dude smoking in the back of the bus, getting suspended for playoff games because they were like smoking weed in the parking lot. Yeah. 
different stuff. And I was like, this is a lot different than Them Peterson Academy. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my, it was way different from my house. That yeah. I, I was, Homeschoolers. I was at teen mission. I was at a missions organization growing up and I was a missionaries kid. And so I think the one thing is I did surround myself. I did my best to surround myself with quality people. Yeah. And I literally sat in the front of the bus with the coaches. Yeah. So all those guys in the back smoking dope, whatever they were doing. I was up in the front with like 50 year olds just chatting. Yeah. And so that experience was something I remember. I remember going to away games two and a half hours away yeah. and just talking to coach Wegner and just chatting whether it's about sports or yeah. sometimes it was about missions work and mm-hmm. being a missionary. And I yeah. had that background because of my parents obviously. And so that was something that he was interested in and I loved to talk about. And so that was something that kept me away from that environment. And that's one of the, yeah, one of the most memorable things about that whole experience. And then also, it's kind of nice. This is going to sound kind of opposite. But my phone was a really good distraction because I would put on Christian music yeah. at the time. And I would just jam out to that. And that was a distraction because I'd just go max volume. And we would go you know, full on with that. And then I'd get to the game and we were done. So I didn't have it to be distracted by you know, the kids that were yeah doing those being vile, you know? Yeah. So it makes, I don't know. Me, it makes me think of First Corinthians fifteen ten, where Paul says, "But by the grace of God, I am what I am." Because mm-hmm. when I was in, I was in public school through third grade, and then I was homeschooled for fourth and fifth grade, and then I went to public middle school for seventh, seventh grade, and then public school all the way through sixth and seventh grade. When I started going to public school again, it was an entirely different environment. I was going to yeah. a new school. I didn't didn't know the people. I had the same music teacher, surprisingly. Through yeah. when to when? Third grade was at one school. I had Mr. Simonson, and then sixth grade at a different school was also Mr. Simonson because he had that's changed. Very schools, rare. That's okay. Which yeah, is that's ironic because I started. I wanted to be homeschooled because I didn't like his music class okay. so much. Oof. But it, I I still play drums today. I play drums for my church, and it all started because of Mr. Simonson. That's so crazy. Yes, that's a thank you moment. Cool story. But. When I got to that middle school, it was just, it was culture shock mm-hmm. because I had spent two years as a homeschooled Christian kid sure. and I still did Bible quizzing at yeah. church and I would go to youth group and I was still very involved in church, but then I would go to school and these kids are, they're smoking dope mm-hmm. in sixth grade and they're sleeping around. So you had that experience a lot younger. I was 14 when I had that experience. So you were like 10 yeah. when you had that or 11? I was like, yeah, 11, 11? Or 12. Dang, that's that's. I was sixth and seventh grade. Then I moved to Washington, and it was almost worse in Washington. Yeah, it's wild. We were my my school, my middle school in Alaska. I grew up in Alaska. Moved to Washington in eighth grade, the summer between seventh and eighth grade. Mm. But in Alaska, the entire school was a K through eight school, and it had 120 kids in it. There were only there were only five people in my grade, and then I moved to Washington, and I'm in a sixth through eighth grade middle school that has 500 kids. Mm. So it was, it was, there were so many people and it was, that was a big culture shock. That school almost had more population than my entire town. Yeah. <laughs> and you were in the, right in the middle of it. <laughs> and I was right in the middle of it. And then it was through eighth grade and freshman year of high school that I started getting really involved with the school band. And I was, I was pretty good. I played timpani. But when we were, when I was in the band, all these people would start swearing. And I remember being exposed to all that. And freshman year, I made the decision that I was going to, I made the decision that I was going to start using bad words. Yeah. 
And I was like, yeah, I'm going to fit in. I'm going to be so cool. But then it came out like gravel in my mouth. It's <laughs> the only way I can describe it. Like and you couldn't like, say anything that you were intending to say? Like I would say it, but then I, it would just, I would feel gross after. So oh, I was okay. like, you know, it's just not worth it. And then that's when I made the commitment to just not swear. Sure. And yeah. I got to the point where the people around me knew that I wouldn't swear. Yeah. And they would try to not swear around me. And that was really cool to see. And I, looking back, I had all ample opportunity to give into the world and be lost to the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, yeah. the pride of life. But in all of that, it's by the grace of God, I am what I am. He's the one that kept me, kept me through it all and gave me the conviction to stand against it. And it was also that I was really involved in church and I had all these role models at church as well. Mm-hmm. And I was I was better close, I was better friends with the people at church than I was the people at school. Yeah. And I kept my influence. My greatest influences weren't in the school; it was outside of the school in the better circles of friends. Yeah. And that's really what kept me going strong in my faith through all of that. You're blessed enough yeah. to have that that option and that avenue to pick from. I also wanted to mention we are very thankful, and it's nothing that we did in our lives or in our walks that. You know, we have these people. It's just the Lord gave us mm-hmm. those those yep. those men or those individuals. And for anyone, any young guy that's out there that thinks, well, they're talking about this, but I don't see anyone around me to pick me up like that mm-hmm. or someone that I can look to for that example. Yeah. I just want to show you that they are out there. It yeah. might take a little searching. I came up, I saw the verse, uh, John fifteen sixteen. It says, you did not choose me, Uh, this is Jesus talking, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. That kind of of hits me in two different ways. One, as someone who knows the Lord and loves him, Christians have the obligation and are instructed to go out and bear fruit. So that should help you and give some assurance that there is someone out there and they are wanting to be there for you and disciple you. That's literally their in, their instruction by from Jesus is to go do that. And so there are people out there, whether or not that's at a church or maybe it's someone in your school, a family member, a close friend that you maybe didn't even know they were Christian because they were maybe a little sheepish or timid. Mm-hmm. They're out there. And and if you need someone, you can DM us. Uh, we'll, we'll be more than happy to, yeah, to be that for you. Definitely. I think one thing that's really big in finding a role model is like we were saying before with maybe we sometimes accidentally find a role model or we Mm -hmm. unintentionally or subconsciously kind of idolize someone. I think being very intentional about it is Mm -hmm. really, is a really big, strong way to a firm way to find that person that if we are looking and we're seeking, we're going to find, we're going to find that person. And until we put the effort in to actually moving that direction, it's, they're not going to, they're probably not going to fall in your lap. You're going to have to look a little bit. Put a filter on you looking for a role model just like you put a filter on, I don't know, your, I'm trying to think, like any any website search. Yeah. We put filters on website searches and we find exactly what we want. If I'm looking yeah. for a car, I can go on the filter and say I want a yeah. Honda, whatever. Yeah. Do the same with your seeking for a role model. Yep. Because like Eli said, y- you can do it accidentally so easily. Mm-hmm. And you can find bad ones, maybe. Yeah. And I'm sure there's there's stories that people found a really good one accidentally. But just think if you put a little bit of intention and a little bit of effort into finding a godly individual to help you and just come alongside you and support you, 
you would yeah. find you might find yourself really blessed and like, wow, Lord, thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. And I think the second the second part of that verse that I just shared was also uh, it says that so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. Pray in faith. Ask the Lord, you know, in Jesus name, please bring me someone that I can physically just see and and someone that you can speak through to me and someone that I can just have that support with and just see what see what the Lord does. It'd be a, a really cool thing to just experience. And something that you can do too, I find this helps me whenever I'm looking for a role model or something, someone to look up to. I make a list of things that I want to be in the direction that I want to be moving. Yeah. At Like at one point, I was looking at going into the military. I wanted to be a dog handler. So I was mm-hmm. looking for people who knew about dogs. They knew how to train dogs. They knew they were like in that area. They were in that business. So I think making a list of maybe characteristics or what field that person is in, in the direction you want to move into, that can be very helpful just so that maybe you're maybe you're a person that has you have tons of good role models around mm-hmm. and it's maybe can be hard to pick one to be to spend more time with sure you might need to make a list and just think through i want them to be a godly person i want mm-hmm. them to have this characteristic and this characteristic maybe if you're interested in going into going into football professionally you might want to find someone who has that experience with that you can look and like tim was saying you can be intentional and you can look for those specific people yeah and then i think it also goes into when we're in maybe a sports team like me for wrestling i think one thing is that we need to be the role model in our area if if we're searching for a role model we might want to take on those start think of characteristics that you would want to take on and then try to put take them on and you might just be that person for someone else that they were praying and asking god for (laughs) yep exactly which would be that which is a crazy thing exactly that's that's something that is just the lord can do it's not something that you can do on your own you need that in christ's strength and you might find yourself being just as uplifted Mm -hmm. as the mentor or the role model that you would have been as the recipient of, you know, someone else being a role model, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that goes into what Tim was talking about about you praying for a role model. Mm-hmm. I found sometimes in other areas of my life when I pray for something, like maybe I pray for patience or I pray for something like that, God makes me be the one for someone else. Sure. That I all of a sudden realize, well, I was praying for a mentor, but now all of a sudden I in even a small aspect became a mentor to someone else. Sure. And that kind of scares me, but it forces you it forces you to take on you have to make a choice between am I going to take on these characteristics that I need to be taking on or am I going to lead this person in the wrong direction? Like Caleb was talking about with his little brother. He had a choice. Is he going to be intentional about that mm-hmm. and be the person that he he wants his little brother to look up to? Or is he going to just disregard that he, that his little brother even looks up to him at all and yeah. just be who he wants to be, yeah. even if that's not what God wants for him. For sure. I hope he's listening. <laughs> Your brother better be listening to this podcast. Yeah. What's his name? Isaac. Isaac, if you're not listening to this podcast, please get on. Uh, <laughs> give us a good rating. Share the podcast. For real. Your brother. Cool man. Cool man. Yeah, cool guy. Uh, cool cat. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man. Well, thank you guys for listening. It's something we could probably talk about this all day if we wanted to, and we might probably we'll probably do something again along these lines here a little later but we just wanted to just share some stuff with you guys on choosing a role model and what maybe you should be looking for Uh, look for someone godly someone that loves the lord more than themselves or more than anything in this world someone that can just give you that time you know it could be something that is maybe a little intimidating for you 
if you're an introverted guy and you don't like going out and seeking that out, you know, I'll just pray that the Lord either can bring someone to you or that you can just gain up that courage to walk up to maybe a pastor in your local church or your youth pastor or a godly guy that you serve with on the volunteer team at the church or something like that. And just have that conversation like, hey, I would really like a mentor and someone that I can go out to breakfast with. And if you're maybe struggling in a relationship with your father, try to mend that and mm-hmm. and just say, you know, dad, I, I want a good relationship with you. I don't want to be, you know, set apart or, or away from you. Like I want that that godly father son relationship and just have that conversation with your dad uh, in regards to just being mentored and, and wanting to be willing to learn. Because sometimes us as guys, we can be really strong-headed and, stubborn. and yep. stubborn and we don't really want to learn and so just be open-minded i know that's something that i have to work on is just being willing to learn so being willing to listen so yeah you guys well, got anything else i think that's all i've got thank yeah. you guys for listening we'll thank see you, you next week much. thank you guys for listening to the firmly grounded podcast in the next episode we will be talking about the struggles young men have in the modern world you can catch firmly grounded at the following streaming platforms spotify apple podcasts and amazon music And make sure you follow us on our Instagram at Firmly Grounded Podcast. Blessings.